Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready? See if you can identify these five clips in the order that they are played. It could be from a song, a movie, a TV show, or something else. But if it's coming from this podcast, then you know that it's from Generation X. If our guest gets it wrong on the show, then I'll explain how you can enter to win a fabulous prize package. Listen closely. Good luck. Hey, oh, let's go. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. The aliens force them to strip naked and seem to be conducting medical examinations. Hello, and welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, the trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Xavier Host, and today we are back with our next fun-sized edition of the show we call The Home Game. This mini-episode gives you a chance to play at home with a friend or by yourself, as well as giving you your fix of Gen X trivia in between regular episodes of the show. Here's how we play. Just like the regular edition of the podcast, we have three rounds of trivia and games for you to play. Each episode, we invite a special guest and let them set the benchmark score for you to try and beat. And at the end, you can compare your score with that of our special guest benchmark and earn your rank on the quiz. Our special guest this episode is a podcasting mentor to me and the judges. He is the host of my favorite game show podcast called Stuff I Never Knew, Trivia Game Show Podcast, and without a doubt, the nicest guy you'll find hosting any podcast today. Please welcome to the show, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Zabe. I can get used to that introduction. Thank you very much. Very kind. But I would say I'm equally a fan of your show and the, the production that you do on this. This is incredible. And I'm I'm honored to be here. Well, thanks, Jeff. My nice intro to you is well-earned. Please believe <laughs> oh, it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jeff, say hello to the <laughs> listeners. Tell them a little bit about yourself and how you feel about setting the benchmark score for the episode. Uh, hello, listeners. I'm Jeff. I'm uh, out of Western Pennsylvania. Been there my whole entire life. I do some some trivia podcast. I am Gen X. I'm a bicentennial baby. I'm an old 76er born right in the right on the bicentennial. I figure there's about 20 points in, in these mini games. My goal is to get 69% the maximum points. So 69 dudes. <laughs> That's all. I just want to I wanted to set a record for the earliest 69 in an episode. <laughs> Even if I don't score enough points, I got 69 out in the first uh, 45 seconds. <laughs> well, we're having several firsts here on this episode. Thanks, Jeff. When I found your show, Jeff, I I could tell that you were Gen Xer just by the kinds of trivia that you chose to have on the show. There's always at least one back to the future question in your show. Except for the one time that I was on your show and the Gen X trivia guy, me, 
didn't get a didn't get a back to the future question. I was so bent out of shape about it. I, I thought I had at least one question <laughs> locked up that I'd be able to get. But if anyone is a fan of your show who's listening, you know Jeff loves to throw curveballs in, and uh, that was a that was a meta curveball you threw me, but. <laughs> So listeners, see if you can outscore my podcasting better, Jeff, which might be tough, or if you need to go back and refresh your memory of the cool stuff of your youth. If you listened to last episode of the podcast, then you know we added a new rule to the game and the show that's called The Power Struggle. The Power Struggle. In the opening of this episode, you heard five quick clips from Generation X, and the game is you need to name those five clips in the order that they were played. This game will work slightly different here in the home game because having the power is not a factor in the single-player version of the show. But seeing how our special guest is setting the benchmark score for those of you listening at home to beat, that means Jeff is going to have to play against all of you. And this is how that's going to work. If you get all five correct and in the correct order, then you will be bumped up an entire letter grade and rank at the end of the quiz. Think of it sort of as an extra credit question to help out with your score. There's no penalty if you get it wrong. But if our special guest gets it wrong here in the show, then we are going to open it up to you, the listener, to contact the show to see if you can get it correct. The very first person to contact the podcast via our newsletter who can correctly identify the clip in the correct order will win a prize package from the show. The prize package this episode includes a handsome certificate with your name on it, signifying that you are doing your part to save Generation X from fading into oblivion, as well as your name going up on our wall of fame. And next is probably the best item in the prize package, which is an offer to order a Freedom Rock on four records, three cassettes, or two CDs. Hey, man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. And finally, we'll send you your choice of any Who Will Save Generation X t-shirt design from our merch store. If our special guest does not get the Power Struggle question correct by the end of the episode, then I'll explain how you can send in your entry and try and win the prize package. So, Jeff, no pressure or anything, but now you have all the listeners rooting against you so they can get a crack at the prize package, not to mention our special live studio audience we have for this episode. I'm excited. I, I want to know if I can play for the Freedom Rock cassettes. We I used to see that commercial 15 times a day. It was amazing how much how much they invested in the advertising for Freedom Rock. <laughs> if you're watching Turn MTV, it up, man. So yeah, we have a, a live studio audience here helping us record this episode. And I thought it might be fun to include them a little bit in the show and might help you out a little bit as well, Jeff. I'll need it. <laughs> as Gen Xers, we have experienced moments in our lives that we just don't want to deal with other people's crap. In these moments, we sometimes throw up our hands, roll our eyes and say, whatever. To honor this time-loved tradition of Generation X, if at some point during this episode that you feel apathetic about answering a question, you can use your whatever lifeline and appeal to the live studio audience for them to give you a clue that might help you answer the question. So, studio audience listening right now, be ready to give Jeff a clue should he ask for it, and we'll see if our audience is clueless or not. Whatever. You only get one whatever lifeline, so use it wisely. There are a total of 24 points available in this episode, so keep track of your score, and I'll let you know how well you did versus our special guest benchmark at the end of the episode. Enough talk. So that's enough chatting about it. Let's do it. Let's see if you can save Generation X from fading into oblivion. Booyah! Round one. Jeff, as a surprise to you, 
I thought we would switch things up a little bit of the play of the games and play some of the games that you have on your show and oh, turn yeah. the tables a little bit about it <laughs> and, and put you in the hot seat for a change. Yeah, You know, it's every game show podcaster's biggest nightmare is, is going on other podcasts and just <laughs> tanking. <laughs> I'll get two questions right. I'll be excited. <laughs> What's worse is we're going to play the exact same games that you play on your show. So if you really tank, this could be epic. I love it. I'm ready. Let's tank. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how well they translate to this show, but it could be a lot of fun either way. Round one this episode is going to be a montage of games that are regularly featured on Jeff's show called Stuff I Never Knew Trivia Game Show Podcast. We are calling this round Gen X Stuff Jeff Never Knew. <laughs> I love it. And we'll see if it lives up to his name or not. There are a whopping 11 points possible in this round. That's a record. So lots of opportunities to score big here. That's half the points almost in the first round. This is sink or swim right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. First we're going to play some tribons, Jeff, your favorite. <laughs> These are the worst. <laughs> so what's a tribon? A tribon is when I give you three words and you have to tell me what ties those three words together. For example, if I were to say elephant, car, and tree, all three of those have a trunk. That's correct. Well done. <laughs> we have three of these and you'll be awarded one point for each. Your first tribon is Sam Malone, Marion Ravenwood, Isaac Washington. All right. Sam Malone was Boston pitcher, Red Sox, Isaac Washington. I'm about to just go with. Is it going to be an early go to the whatever uh, <laughs> lifeline? Oh, no. I'm going to, I'm going to sink first. Then we'll okay. go to the lifeline. Okay. Smart move. Good strategy. Oh, uh, man. So uh, he's a pitcher, a bartender, yeah. a bartender. Uh, they are all from Boston. <laughs> uh. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> Great buzzer. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> You'll never guess where I stole it from. Well, I don't know. Sam Malone was a bartender. You got that from Cheers. Isaac Washington was the bartender on The Love Boat. And Marion uh, Ravenwood was the bartender in Raiders of the Lost Ark. She had her bar in Nepal, if you recall. Ha! See you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. Very good. Very good. That's the problem with tribons is everybody around you knows them, but the person yeah. you're asking them to. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your second tribond. The Million Dollar Man, Mr. Wonderful, The Macho King. This one's right up my alley. These are wrestlers in the WWF. Oh, yeah. That is correct. <laughs> well done. <laughs> These are tough. <laughs> You're on the board, Jeff. First point's the toughest. Yeah. And your last tri-bond is not a tri-bond at all. It's not a quad-bond. It's not even an octo-bond. But it is a undeck bond. That's a prefix for 11, if anyone was wondering. So, Jeff, what bonds these 11 words together? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, start. If you're going to ask me uh, what separates me, well, how do people know I'm Generation X? Is because I played Contra on the NES. <laughs> that is correct. That's another point. <laughs> That's a uh, famous cheat code made famous on Contra, I believe, but we'll accept uh, any video game cheat code uh, since it was uh, used in other games as well. Oh, uh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I learned something. That is something <laughs> Jeff never knew right there. Yeah. <laughs> Add it to the list. Next, we're going to play your name five bonus question game. I'll give you a very generic category, something like name five spices in your spice cabinet. I'll read the question and you'll have 10 seconds to fill out the blanks. 
You'll get one point for each of these five things you can name within 10 seconds for a max of five points on this one. I'll say the category and I'll start the clock. Are you ready? Yes. Name five character names from the movie Back to the Future and go. You got Marty McFly, uh, oh, Biff Tannen, uh, oh, uh, the Pinheads, uh, Huey Lewis, Lewis, he was the teacher that canceled the Pinheads. Judges, oh, boy, judges are we going to give him Huey Lewis? <laughs> We're going to give you Huey Lewis. You got four, Jeff. Well done. Oh, yeah. I'm Doc Brown, Einstein. Now they're all coming to you. That timer yeah. really makes a difference. That's your timer, too, from your show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is hard. So you're at six points. We're going to go to the last little bit of round one now. I am trending 69% of the total points already. <laughs> I'm on pace. Nice. The last game we're going to play in round one is an adaptation of your bring your own buzzer lightning round. This is my second favorite part of your show where you ask the guests to bring their own random buzzer to use and buzz in to answer vague questions. It's a lot of fun in your show. I'm going to ask a vague question and you can buzz in at any time. You can buzz in multiple times. I'll start to read you a series of three clues. If you get the question right on the first clue, then it'll be worth three points. The second clue is worth two points. And the last clue is worth one point. If you buzz in and you're right, then you'll get the points. But if you're wrong, you'll lose the points. We've never had anyone go negative here on the show, but here's the golden opportunity for that to go down. So there are three bonus points available here, but if you get it wrong, you'll lose the points for your total. Don't forget. I am looking for the answer to who am I? We're looking for a very specific name. So be careful on your answer so you don't lose points. Who am I? Here's your first clue for three bonus points. I was in a movie with Dabney Coleman, Ali Sheedy, and Matthew Broderick, and I tried to kill them and everyone else. Who am I? Who am you looking for the specific actor or the character played in the movie? Uh, I'm looking for a specific name. So we'll, we'll Wait, go to that, clue number two. <laughs> all right. The Whopper. <laughs> Is that your guess? Or do you want to go to clue number two? What the, it's who am I, right? And Who am I? Can you read the clue one more time? Here's like, the clue. Here's the clue. I was in a movie with Dabney Coleman, Ali Sheedy, and Matthew Broderick, and I tried to kill them and everyone else. That's my buzzer. I'm going to say uh, the game was global thermal nuclear war, and trying to kill them was the Whopper. Holy crap. <laughs> that is correct. Well done. There's three <laughs> bonus points. Impressive. Nice. I like that buzzer, though. Yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> Great job, Jeff. I really didn't think you'd get Ooh. that specific on the first one. That was kind of a, a trap question. I thought you'd say Joshua. The, let's just say the rest of the clues for everyone else to see if they, where they would have gotten it. Uh, the second clue was, people might know me better by my alias and the name of my creator's dead son, but that's not my four-letter name. I think you would have gotten it at that point. And the final clue was, I was named after a very famous fast food hamburger <laughs> and not the Big Mac. I would have got the food one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> the Whopper spends all its time thinking about World War Three. It plays an endless series of war games. Uh, here's the fun fact on this one. W-O-P-R spells Whopper. Whopper, or War Operation Plan Response, is the main antagonist of the 1983 political sci-fi thriller film War Games. It is a supercomputer system gifted with artificial intelligence, which was created and developed by the scientist Dr. Stephen Falcon, who named him after his son, Joshua, who died at an early age. 
So if you said Joshua and you're playing at home, and that is not the name we were looking for, but if you're really into getting pity points, then I guess you can award yourself one pity point since they did use the names interchangeably in the movie. But here's the fun fact. The writers of the movie named the supercomputer Whopper as a joke after the real-life supercomputer used by NORAD for running war game scenarios called BRGR or burger for short. Get it? Oh, I did not know that. That's all. There's actually a, a burger joint in Pittsburgh called BRGR. Oh, really? uh, there, you can go get a BRGR in Pittsburgh. Can they uh, set off World War Three at that burger joint? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but you have to go through Falcon's Maze. <laughs> <laughs> nice pull. Oh, let's move on to round number two. Round two. Don't forget, Jeff, you have a studio audience to go to should you get stuck. So don't forget to use them because I'll be bummed if you don't use them at least once. <laughs> round two is our trivia round. Each complete correct answer is worth two points. If you think you could convince the judges into giving you a partial credit for your answer, you can award yourself one pity point for your partial correct answer. We'll use the honor system here. Good luck. Question one is called making whoopee, which is a television question. Making whoopee was a euphemism made popular by Bob Eubanks on the newlywed game. The game show premiered during a time when network censorship rules would not allow phrases like making love or having sex to broadcast. The phrase became somewhat iconic to the point where it was still used later in its run when censorship rules were looser. The game show became a hit, and while its ratings and viewership were mostly successful, it was nevertheless canceled in 1984 and not necessarily because of the newlywed game itself. Can you tell us why the newlywed Hollywood game was canceled. This is a multiple choice as you roll your eyes at me. Is it A, the show was canceled after multiple stories came out about couples divorcing due to disagreements and grievances made plain during the show? A particularly rough fight between a husband and wife on the show made headlines and it was all by appearances. One marriage breakup too many for the network. Or was it B, the show was canceled after creator Chuck Barris aired a show called Three's a Crowd, a new game show which was similar to the newlywed game, except contestants were a husband, wife, and the husband's secretary. Was it C, the show was canceled after ABC was purchased by Disney? Disney CEO at the time famously disliked the game show and made canceling it his first official decision after the merger was finalized. Or was it D, it was a misprint in TV Guide, and ABC decided to just go with it. I love D. I, I would go between A and C. I mean, divorce started to go rampant in the 80s. So I want to lean towards A. The publicity was getting out of hand with couples separating. So I'm going to, I'll stick with my A. Too many divorces make them press. Womp, womp. <laughs> Yeah. That is incorrect. I'm sorry. Uh, Option B, believe it or not, was oh, correct. Which one was B? <laughs> Three's a crowd. In oh, a massive wow. misstep from Barris, he published several episodes of Three's a crowd. It was immensely unpopular due to his implications of adultery, and it ruined Barris's career and the shows he was already having on the air at the time, which included the newlywed game. The show has since been renewed and rebooted on the game show network, but Three's a crowd is still waiting for a network to pick it up. We're looking at you, Fox. Yeah. <laughs> right after Married with Children, Sundays yeah. at 930. Girls, <laughs> tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Um. <laughs> Let's go to question two, which is called Her Cups Runneth Over. Speaking of Married with Children, it is the longest lasting live action sitcom to ever run on Fox. But did you remember that when it first started, barely anyone knew about it? 
It was a fledgling show on a fledgling network. Fox was still brand new and still trying to find its name for itself among the already established big three networks. Here's the question. What brought the show into the national spotlight, making it popular and creating a strong fan base for the show and the network? This is also a multiple choice. Was it A, a wardrobe malfunction was missed by one of the show's censors and resulted in nudity being aired on broadcast TV for the first time in American television history? Was it B, an anti-obscenity activist woman from Michigan began a boycott campaign of the show and accidentally made it more popular? Was it C, Fox changed the time slot to run after the Sports Illustrated swimsuit special featuring Kathy Ireland? Or was it D, a Super Bowl ad featuring Al Bundy saying, I'll gladly regale you with the tales of my four touchdowns in one game for Polk High School. That was that was an impressive act. Um, mm-hmm. Four they, touchdowns. It's a big deal. <laughs> I watched Married with Children from the first season, and that was the time where a lot of activist groups were even standing up against, they started to stand up against Stern and all this. Uh, I'm going to go with B, the activist in Michigan. That is correct. Well done. Ooh. Two points. <laughs> What was the name of the the uh, the club Al Bundy funded? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Does anyone Dr. in our Robert? Uh, Robert? <laughs> I know. Okay, Robert, let's have it. It's no, ma'am. No, ma'am. That's right. Well done, Doctor Robert from the Bonsai Institute <laughs> is uh, from our studio audience. Got that one correct. Option B is the correct one. A woman from Michigan named Terry Ricolta took particular offense to an episode entitled "Her Cups Runneth Over." which featured such perceived horrors as cross-dressing, S&M gear on a mannequin, homosexuality, and implied nudity. Her efforts to get the show taken off the air had the opposite effect, however, as her boycott, she doesn't know Gen X, we probably made it popular. As her boycott made headlines, so did the show, and as it turns out, more Americans are cool with the stuff Ricolta took such great offense to. Ricolta and her boycott were referenced in a a Married with Children Season 9 episode in which the sitcom based on the Bundy's lives is canceled because of, quote, Well, some woman in Michigan didn't like it. She also didn't like football, so that's gone, too. Yeah, I mean, for us back then, the only chance of even having any kind of nudity or or risque content was, you know, Playboy After Dark that got scrambled on the cable. You couldn't even see it. But once in a while, if you watch long enough, you'd like jackpot. I thought you yeah. might give me the splat sound on that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, this is a family oh, show, Jeff. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. All right, here we go. <laughs> Quickly moving on to the next question, which is called Michael Jackson's least favorite movie. This is a movie soundtrack question. On February 17th, 1984, the world was graced with the movie Footloose. One of the things that made the movie so successful was that the soundtrack was everywhere. It was hard to spend much time flipping through the radio dial without hearing at least a single from the soundtrack. There were nine original songs in the Footloose movie soundtrack, but how many of them charted as top 40 U.S. hits? Was it A, four, B, six, C, all of them, or D, 69? 69, dudes! That's the best. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, we all know one, right? One of them charted. I know it's not D, because there was only nine songs. That's, that's how I figured that one out. Uh, <laughs> Smart. It was what? It'd be a feat if it was all... Oh, boy, this is Casey Kasem time. Uh, let's go with... I'm going to go six. Six of the nine. I should have. You just tricked me. That you just tricked me with six and nine, and then sixty nine, and it's four, isn't it? Let's find out. 
<laughs> that is correct. No, that that's is six correct. Is yeah, six oh, is right. I saw the audience wasn't real faithful with my guess there. <laughs> of the nine original songs, six of them were top 40 U.S. hits. The songs were Let's Hear It For The Boy by Denise Williams that also peaked at number one. The song Holding Out For A Hero, Dancing In The Sheets, Almost Paradise, and the last two were both hits from Kenny Loggins, I'm Free, and of course, the title track, Footloose. The soundtrack spent 10 weeks at number one, knocking Michael Jackson's Thriller from the top spot in the U.S. I can't believe you never heard of me. I'm a very popular entertainer. Let's move to question number four. This is called Saved by the AC. Saved by the Bell was a retooled version of Good Morning, Miss Bliss, a show that aired on the Disney Channel but was not successful. The creator, Sam Bobrick, still believed in the project, however, and he set out to retool it in a way that would be more successful. The result was the beloved sitcom Saved by the Bell. There would be some new additions, however. Maybe most notably is A.C. Slater, played by Mario Lopez. At Bayside High, he mostly goes by Slater, but we do eventually learn what A.C. stands for. What does the A.C. in A.C. Slater stand for on the show? This is also a multiple choice. Does it stand for A. Adam Cortez, B, Alonzo Cash, C, Albert Clifford, or D, Always Cool? Now, that's not fair. Uh, I know that D, he does quote himself as somebody does say, he does say his name is Always Cool in the show. But there, I had this question on my show, and I had the name of it, and I think <laughs> it's Albert Clifford, but I'm going to go, I'm going to risk it, because I know he said- Are you sure you want to risk it, Jeff? I'm going to go with D, Always Cool. Are you sure you want to risk it? <laughs> I'm going to risk the biscuit. <laughs> risk but are you biscuit. absolutely positively sure? I'm always cool that he quotes it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to fight with the judges for the half point so i'm sorry jeff i tried to help you out buddy <laughs> totally blew it, dude. i'm fighting for that you, you want to have loud arguments let's have loud arguments let's have loud arguments okay let's have it in let's the show it. so he does say and he makes like a little surfboard uh move he does say always cool in the show judges are we going to give him a pity point for his Yes. The judges are reminding me that you also have a trivia podcast and you could also be correct. And uh, as we stated earlier that you are our podcasting better, uh, we're going to give you one pity point for that one. Here's one pity point. I hope it was worth it. Is it Albert Clifford? It is Albert Clifford. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> we tried so hard. I know. Albert Clifford was originally written as a bitter rival to Zach for Kelly's affections. However, Lopez and Mark Paul Gossler became such good friends in real life. Their obvious chemistry on screen led them to being rewritten as best friends on the show. Question number five is called No Hugging, No Learning. Seinfeld is one of the most successful American television programs of all time. The show was talked about so much that it was commonly referenced on other shows, even shows on other networks. With moments and jokes that still live on in the zeitgeist today, the show was a critical and commercial success for NBC. For the show's final episode, however, other networks paid homage to Seinfeld, but which was not something another network did to commemorate Seinfeld's final episode. So you got to pick the one off this list that was not something another network did. Is it A? The night before the final episode, ABC aired an episode of Dharma and Greg in which the couple tries to have sex in public because everyone would be indoors watching the Seinfeld finale. Is it B? During the original airing of the finale, MTV aired original cartoons that were specifically timed to fit into the finale's commercial breaks so that viewers could freely switch back and forth and not worry about missing anything. Was it C? 
Fox also aired the final episode of Seinfeld at the same time that NBC did. They did so with the agreement that all their viewership ratings during that time would be attributed to NBC instead. Or is it D, when the final episode aired on May 14th, 1998, the TV Land Network honored the occasion by airing no programming in the show's time slot. Instead, the network just showed a still photo of a closed office door. My goodness, this might be the audience on this one. Uh, Those all seem plausible for the time period. Do you want to go to our live studio audience? I don't don't know. You're not allowed to say I don't know on the show? Oh, that's right. You don't want to get slimed, Jeff. I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm going to go with C, the Fox and the ratings. That is correct. (laughs) Way to figure it out. That's a tough question. Okay, that's the end of round two. Let's take another listen to the power struggle clip before we start round three, and we'll see how well you do. Listen up. The power. Whoops, that ain't it. I got that one. Whoopsie. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, here is the power struggle clip. Hey, oh, let's go. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. The aliens force them to strip naked and seem to be conducting medical examinations. another listen help you jeff maybe i could use the audience for this one because i i see why you call it a struggle i mean this when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Round three. Round three of this episode is a game called Taglines Blowing Through My Mind. Tag. In this game, I'll give you the tagline or slogan of a popular Gen X movie, and you need to tell me which movie the tagline is from. A good movie tagline should give you a quick glimpse into the plot of the movie, and that should give you the clues you need to figure out each movie here. There are three movies to name in this game, one from the 70s, one from the 80s, and one from the 90s. I'll give you a few clues to help you out. Each correct answer is worth two points. Good luck. For our 70s movie today, IMDb calls this a comedy. It stars Gene Hackman. Gene Cantamissa and Gene Wilder. The tagline is the scariest comedy of all time. Young Frankenstein. That is correct. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Movie two is from the nineties and it is labeled by IMDb as an action sci-fi. It stars identical twin brothers, Don Stanton and Dan Stanton. Leslie Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger. The tagline is this time he's back for good. Let's see that this time he's back for good. I'm th- like, he's back. I'm not thinking of those brain butchers at recall. I don't think it's total recall. <laughs> That's nineties. Uh, he's back for good. I mean, it seems terminator to me because he will be back. And then he is back. Um, let's go. T uh, two. That is correct. Oh. Because every movie played on I'll be back <laughs> in right. that time period. <laughs> but if you remember in Terminator 2, he comes back as the good guy. So this time he's back for good. Oh, oh I think that's play what on that words. Means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Here's the fun fact on this one. Twin brothers Don Stanton and Dan Stanton both played the prison guard that the T-1000 replicated during the scene where Sarah Connor makes her escape. When the T-1000 replicates Sarah Connor at the climax of the movie, it was Linda Hamilton's identical twin sister, Leslie Hamilton, who was given the role. I always thought it strange that for all the heavy-handed use of CGI that James Cameron is known for, that he chose to use something as practical as identical twins to make these scenes. Making a liquid metal assassin from the future was no problem, but I guess it was a bridge too far to use the same technology that they used in The Parent Trap. (laughs) Thanks for the laugh. Movie three is our final movie. It's from the 80s. IMDb calls this movie an adventure comedy crime movie. It stars Vincent D'Onofrio. Penelope Ann Miller and Elizabeth Shue. The tagline is a lifetime of fun in just one night. This I, I uh, probably my favorite movie of all time. Absolutely. The most underrated 80s movie of all time. Nothing is better than Jack Pruitt. You're meeting Thor for the first time before he's in the MCU. This is Adventures in Babysitting. All day, every day, best movie of the 80s, underrated the most. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's 48 hours. Oh! I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. Adventures in Babysitting, you're absolutely right on all case. I love counts. that movie. I yeah. have, uh, my sisters and I, we, we were latchkey kids and, and home all the time in the summers. Every day we were home alone. We'd obviously make like like frozen pizzas and tang, but we would take <laughs> all of our mattresses out of all the house and pile them in the living room. Like wrestle Brother. and like uh, watch Adventures of Babysitting and Back to the Future. So like that question is as right into my childhood. <laughs> I, we shouldn't have been home alone. We were like ten, you know. <laughs> but it was well, the '80s. Yeah, I mean that's the that's a very Gen X story. I think a lot of people can relate to that. I know I did growing up. We had to manufacture our own entertainment and make games and fun <laughs> stuff like that. So yeah, we're jumping off furniture, cannonballs, <laughs> just oh yeah, chaos. We made a movie growing up. <laughs> called The Return of Willis is where uh, Todd Bridges was a psycho killer uh, in our movie, but he was he was Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. Our movies, we would we, our buddy dressed up like Willis and would murder us and we'd film it all. What you talking about, Willis? And uh, one of the scenes, he throws someone off a house and we had to, we put out all our mattresses out onto the ground. And one of my friends jumped off the roof onto the mattresses. Yeah, for that oh. scene is we were dedicated to the craft. That's commitment. You imagine now I'm a I'm a father now, a parent. If my daughters took a mattress outside, I would lose my mind. I wouldn't even know how to function. Like you can't bring that back in the house. Like, it's done. It's not yeah. coming back. A l- little insight to my childhood growing up there. We had awesome. no problems with those mattresses being outside. <laughs> okay. So before we hand out the ranks for this episode, we're gonna need your final answer, Jeff, for the power struggle question. Let's listen to it one last time, and then you need to give me your final answer. A-O, let's go. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. The aliens force them to strip naked and seem to be conducting medical examinations. <laughs> what do you got, Jeff? Would you like to go to the audience, or you want to go out I'm on I'm going to have to go to the audience, because <laughs> I am not doing any better than I was the first round. So let me just run uh, down who we have in the audience and you can take your pick. We have Suzanne, who's my wife, a Gen Xer who knows her stuff. Robin is a millennial. You got Keith, who's been on the show before. Keith, did you win on your episode? I believe you did win. I did. Felt good. We have Tyler, who is a two-time champion on the show. And we have fan favorite Robert, 
who was on uh, your show, Jeff, when we did the live episode for the uh, podcast summit. Yes. So well, I am a fan favorite of Dr. <laughs> Robert from the Bonsai Institute. <laughs> so we have lots of experts here for you to pick from. Jeff, who are you going to go with? Oh, this is tough. I'm a, I'll go with fan favorite Dr. Robert at the Bonsai Institute. <laughs> uh, are we are we allowed to talk through it now? What's the procedure? Sure, just, sure. Why not? There's no procedure. We We're Gen rules? Xers. We just kind of do our stuff. <laughs> rules are there ain't no rules. Do I have a joke from another podcast called Doug Loves Movies? And if you don't know the the you answer, it's always Yuli's Gold. That's the only one I have for number one. A O. Let's Yuli's go. It's, gold. It's, yeah, Yuli's Gold. I can give a clue on four of them. I think. Um, well, the title of the Ramon song at the beginning, it's a two-word title, and the first word is a German word for a type of attack. All right, so Blitzkrieg Bop, uh, Pulp Fiction is uh, Marsalis Wallace for two, and then I, I don't think it's Mars Attacks. Uh, I mean, Naked Gun. What's your uh, clue, Robert? Gentleman was originally in the Untouchables series back in the 60s, playing Elliot Ness, went on to scare millions <laughs> of children, telling them about... Oh, I don't know. Uncracked enigmas. <laughs> okay, that's enough of a clue. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, he's the guy from Unsolved Mysteries, but that's definitely not a, a scene from Unsolved Mysteries. Is um, too. <laughs> that's not a clue, Robert. You are reckless. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go. You got Blitzkrieg Bob, Pulp Fiction. What do you got? The last one's 100% Pac-Man Death. That was also the name of my band in college. Pac-Man Death. <laughs> so let's run them down. One through five. What do you got for number one? Not Yuli's Gold, it's uh, Blitzkrieg Bop. Pulp Fiction, number two, Marcellus Wallace. Unsolved Mysteries for number three. So I, I really don't know what that screamed. That little, uh, Dr. Robert, would you like to give a clue for number four? Don't look at me. I thought it was when Peter Fonda defies the gold and Yuli's Gold. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go Yuli's Gold and leave it up to the folks at home. Let's see if you're correct. Judges, is Jeff our first guest to ever solve the power struggle? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. I can tell you, you're really close. Yuli's goal did not figure into the power struggle this episode, surprisingly, but maybe in a future one it will. That means we turn this over to the listeners to see if they can get it correct and claim the prize package. There are two ways to enter for a chance to claim the generous prize package. The first way is to send a self-addressed stamp envelope, care of who will save Gen X, P.O. Box 69 to 742 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield, USA, or you can join our newsletter and there will be a place for you to send in your answers to the question. Remember, it's the first member of our newsletter will be the winner of the prize package if you can name them correctly. So the sooner you join the newsletter, the better chance you'll have of being first. Details on how to join the newsletter can be found in the show notes for this episode, or you can contact the show directly at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com, and I promise to write you back with all the details you could ever want. Good luck. Good luck. Jeff, first, thank you so much for lending your time and talents to the podcast. Did you have a good time on the show? This was exponentially more fun than I thought it was going to be. And I know your show and I love your show and it was better than, than listening to it. So I am honored that you had me as a guest. I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful that I met you. And uh, this was phenomenal. Thank you so much. Do you have a message for those listening that you beat today? Because you scored a whopping 22 points on this. I beat my expectations. So I thought maybe as a real Gen Xer, I will say that they're there is only one Highlander movie that counts. Two, three, the series, it's trash. 
And they told us in the first movie that there can be only one. Why did we keep making more Highlander movies? So if you didn't beat me, you are Highlander sequels. That's what I wanted to tell you at home. There can be only one. Jeff, please tell our audience a little bit about your show. Anything else you'd like to plug or, or talk about before we hand out the rings for the quiz? Yeah, I mean, my show is mostly nonsense compared to this. This is so well done and well produced. It's phenomenal. I do a trivia game show, typically live. It's three players from around the world. They call in, they battle it out over three rounds of trivia. Just in the last 20 episodes this year, we started recording for television. So our uh, shows air uh, on the 11th largest cable network in the country. These go to 11. On Channel 100, Armstrong Neighborhood Channel. Uh, you can find them on YouTube as well if you're not in the Pittsburgh market, but we are in the three states and a bunch of counties and stuff. It's it's getting, it's catching on a little bit and it's released as a podcast a few weeks later. So uh, it's stuffineverknew.com, uh, the Stuff I Never Knew Trivia Game Show podcast. If you like my goofiness and my sarcastic voice and uh, how I make a whole sentence one word because I'm from Pittsburgh, <laughs> then uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate the listen. Indulge me for one second. So when I first started trying to put together a podcast, uh, I wanted to do a trivia game show and I downloaded a ton of different game shows, but one by one, I stopped following them. I, I checked them off and there are only two shows of the like 30 that I was listening to that I still have on my podcast rotation. And, and yours is one of the two, Jeff. I got to tell you, I, I'm not blowing smoke when I say that, that you are a mentor to me on for, for podcasting. Because you've been such a, a good person on the air and, and off of it to me. And um, I just want to say thank you very much. I'm, I'm thankful to have you in my life. Heck yeah. You, heck yeah. You're welcome. And, uh, I mean, somebody at home might be saying, hey, why don't you get a room at this point with how much we, <laughs> we love each other's shows? <laughs> yeah. Why are you holding my hand? Where's your other hand? Between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, we got one shout out to give. I'd like to give a shout out to the winner of our first power struggle question. In the episode with the hosts of the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a mic, we had seven correct answers come through on our newsletter. But Dave S. was the first person to reply to our newsletter with the correct answers. So congratulations, Dave S. You're the winner and you're doing your part to save Generation X from being forgotten. We'll get your prize package out to you. Enjoy. Okay, listeners, do you remember your score? Let's see how well you did and get the grades and ranks for this quiz. If you're playing against our special guests and scored less than 22 points, then you let this dude beat you and you may want to go back and brush up on the memories of your youth. If you're playing solo, we are using the Back to the Future scoring system for grading the quiz today. A score of 22 to 24 points is the grade of an A. That earns you the rank of Doc Brown's DeLorean Time Machine. If you have a nostalgia podcast and you don't have the time machine as the top grade, then there's something wrong with you, I think. I doubt that there's anyone who's ever watched these movies and not daydreamed about the what's, the where's, the when's they would travel to if they had access to Doc's DeLorean. In fact, you might be thinking about it right now at this moment. I would, of course, love to travel back and visit the fun things of my youth. But even if I could just go back and stop the Star Wars sequels from happening, that would be worth all 1.21 gigawatts of power. Congratulations on your A. You're doing your part to save Generation X. Well done. A score of 20 to 21 points is enough for a B. And that is the rank of Marty McFly's Calvin Klein underwear. When you mention Calvin Klein underwear, you think of Brooke Shields and Michael J. Fox. End of list. It was some of the best product placement ever and will forever be tied to the movie. My wife told me that Marty was so hot in his Calvins 
Even his mom wanted to jump his bones. But now saying that out loud, it sounds super creepy. So let's move on. Uh, a score of 17 to 19 points is enough for a C. And that earns you the rank of the hoverboard from Back to the Future 2. Back in 1989, we all watched Marty travel to the distant future date of 2015. And we all thought that it was some sort of unspoken promise that every man, woman, and child would have a hoverboard by the time that date came around. Well, it's 2022 now, and I want my Dan hoverboard. Don't show us and tease us about the future and not deliver. We should all have one by now, and that knocks the hoverboard down to a C here. You'd break your hip. A score of 15 to 16 points is enough for a D, and that can only be the pinball machine parts given to the Libyans when Doc stole their plutonium. They wanted Doc to build a bomb, so he took the plutonium in turn and gave them a shoddy bomb casing full of used pinball machine parts, as you recall. There's lots of unanswered questions about this one. And I'm shocked that there's not at least a Netflix series about this storyline by now. But the series of missteps and blunders that had to occur for all this to happen earned squarely as a D on the quiz today. Likewise, there must have been a, a few blunders for you to score <laughs> this few of points as well. You didn't fail, but your score is about as useful as a box of pinball machine parts. Olympians. And finally, if you scored 13 or less, well, I'm afraid that's a failing grade. And when we talk about the ultimate failures regarding Back to the Future, it can only be the rank of you guessed it eric stoltz for those of you who might not know and frankly if you scored this low on the quiz then there's a good chance you didn't know that eric stoltz was originally cast as marty mcfly and even filmed a few scenes for the film it didn't take them long to figure out that stoltz was all wrong for the role and he wanted to make marty a very serious character and sucked all the fun out of the story when creative differences got to a boiling point, he was replaced by Michael J. Fox, and the rest is history. There's no knock on Eric Stoltz. He was a great in many other Gen X films. But when you miss out on a chance to play the lead role that helped define a generation of movies, then it can only be thought of as a complete failure. I mean, I'm 46. I still have never seen Purple Underwear. <laughs> You're not looking hard enough. We and hope you've enjoyed playing along this episode of The Home Game, and we'll post your score on the Facebook group page. If you're interested in supporting the show, we have a Patreon account set up for those who would like to take advantage of the special offers available for becoming a contributor, or if you just want to send some appreciation for what we're trying to do here, we also offer our Venmo account, and you can send that to Who Will Save Gen X. Detailed information is available in the show notes for both of these ways to send the show a little bit of love. Jeff, we'll also post a link to your podcast in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out. I just want to take a quick poll of the studio audience. What scores did you guys get? Typical uh, Gen Xer, I wasn't really following directions, nor did I take them, <laughs> or, nor, nor could I add it up properly. That's the best, isn't it? <laughs> Tyler, what'd you get? I also was not counting, but when I hear the correct answer, I thought, oh yeah, I probably knew that. No one's keeping track of your score. <laughs> I this do when I drive in my car, but not tonight. Robin, what was your score? I only got 11, and I wrote some of the questions, so that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> Suzanne, what was your score in this episode? Same as Jeff, 22. Nice. Ooh. And fan favorite, Robert, what was your uh, score? I don't know. I got here late. <laughs> best Gen X answer ever. If you have questions or comments or would like to have a shout out to someone that you know listens to the show be said on an episode or if you'd like to sign up to become a guest on either the home game or regular version of the game show you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you and invite you to become a friend of the show. Well, that's it for this edition of The Home Game. Once again, I'd like to thank my special guests for being on the show, as well as all of you for listening wherever you are. Thank you, our live studio audience. Thanks for being here. We'll be back with our regular version of the podcast in the next episode, where we will once again ask the question, who 
will save Generation X. Later. Gen X stuff Jeff never knew. I mean, I'm 46. I still have never seen purple underwear. Are you sure you want to risk it, Jeff? This is hard. It's too. Uh, making whoopee. I got 69 out in the first uh, 45 seconds. I thought you yeah. might give me the splat sound on that one. <laughs> Dancing in the sheets. I did. Felt good. You'd break your hip. I'm going to risk the biscuit. Are you sure yeah. you want to risk it? I'm an old 76er. Typical uh, Gen Xer. I wasn't really following directions. <laughs> Best Gen X answer ever. And trying to kill them was the Whopper. Marty McFly's Calvin Klein underwear. The Whopper. Uncracked enigmas. That is something Jeff never knew right there. Booyah. Now saying that out loud, it sounds super creepy. So let's move on. It's no ma'am. Can they uh, set off World War Three at that burger joint? I don't know. I got here late. Frozen pizzas and tang. Don't look at me. I thought it was when Peter Fonda finds the gold and Yuli's gold. Olympians. And I want my Dan Hoverboard. But you have to go through Falcon's maze. We're looking at you, Fox. <laughs> I only got 11 and I wrote some of the questions. So that's kind of embarrassing. Nah, 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 nah. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.